Johnny God Almighty. That's my yeah. That's my bring in. That's my. That's what they call a radio like intro call in. I like a hottie toddy to get everything fired up. <laughs> this is Sweat Equity Podcast. I'm making our guests laugh before I bring her in. <laughs> uh, Sweat Equity Podcast. I'm your host, Law Smith. We are without Caleb Fuddy. Uh, he is working on the scouting block, which if you want to check that out, he's basically filming a bunch of high school boys. Wait, I did that wrong. Uh, no, he's he's filming high school baseball. Okay. So he's he's becoming an intermediary for uh, for high schoolers to get their tape to colleges and pro uh, pro scouts. So basically, he goes to tournaments in the next six to eight weeks. We may be without uh, Caleb. So just like Sater, we keep an open chair for him, like Elijah. Uh, he's with us in spirit, and I know he he's bummed that he can't. He, I think he got stressed out about like. Uh, I don't know what to do. I'm like, dude, just go fucking handle it. That's what our podcast is about, just going out and doing it. Um, let's see. Anything off the top of my head? Uh, let's say subscribe on iTunes, rate, review. That's the cheat code to get us up the rankings a bit. Uh, tell a friend. if you've. I, 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 we've been getting great feedback, and it's awesome to hear when people are like, hey, man, uh, I'm starting to repeat myself in client meetings uh, with with clients that listen to the show. So, that's awesome in the sense that a I'm turning into an old man. I'm I'm, I'm not going to Jerry Maguire you, but I'm the oldest 31 year old you know, and uh, and basically I, I think it's cool when we get feedback from a lot of people that are listening all over the world. Uh, that's kind of what's cool about this. We don't have a huge audience. So it's like between 500 and a thousand people, and but like the people that are listening are emailing me or messaging me or hit me up on Twitter, and they're they're really into it. So. Let's bring in the guest, uh, writer extraordinaire, old old friend of mine, <laughs> uh, Liz Newman. Let like him hear your voice. I like that you said friend after old. You made me nervous. Old, I said old, like <laughs> old Miss Hottie Toddy. friend. I, I went O-L-E, not O-L-D. That's, I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, that's how I, I go old English like that. Yeah, <laughs> I like Hottie Toddy too. So you're, you're, yeah, I mean, who doesn't, who doesn't, who doesn't want to party at Old Miss at the Grove. That's all I'm saying. Or Athens. Is that where I went to UGA? You did. did you forget about that. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> well, look, I you're kind of a rival, but I as an Auburn guy, but I always had a good time in Athens. How can you? Not? If you don't have a good time there, like something's wrong with you. It really is like one of the best. That's I, that's got to be top five for me if college campuses like. It's, I think it's the best, but I know I'm biased, but it's. I mean, it has the most bars of any college town in like a square foot area. So you <laughs> that sounds like a towny statement. It is. We all learned that. They I teach know, you. but I'm saying like, the, if you never left, like, <laughs> you're like, did you know REMs from here and and widespread panic? <laughs> and, yeah, and we have the most bars. That's like when someone's like, Tampa has the most uh, strip clubs, uh, you know, per square mile. I'm like, that's people still bring that up to me when I tell them where I'm from. It's not even true. I know. Do you is know? it not? I think Portland actually, Portland, Oregon. I. I because I got in a fight with someone and they said, nah. And yeah, Portland, Oregon is huge with strip clubs. They've got to have us beat. Everyone just says Mons when I tell them I'm from Tampa. And I'm like, yeah, I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every dude, like every dude on the East Coast has been to Mons at some point. Uh, shout out to uh, First Amendment, uh, First Amendment uh, kind of pioneer, uh, Joe Redner. <laughs> hey, man, that guy, that guy fought the system like Larry Flynn. He just didn't get the credit. He did. Um, so you're writing, yes. Uh, so I wanted to bring you on because we were kind of talking about this right before we started. I don't. I think being a writer is super interesting, but 
I feel like the it used to be back in the day you'd probably you'd go to undergrad somewhere you might go to like a good journalism program uh maybe at a master's program at like uh ohio i think has a good one right wait like ohio or miami of ohio just the uh regular ohio yeah <laughs> okay yeah is my am, am i right i don't know no, you're right just so many people down here went to miami of ohio so i get yes no i think they do okay well um like you go to like a night you'd go to a nice you go right. get your master's i'm talking like let's say 20 years ago maybe 15 years ago yeah that like was that. a thing a creative writing program like at emerson like a really good one like that and then uh, i'm talking pre-internet mm -hmm. that ev most people have so i don't know what that would be let's say 95 ish before that you you really want to like go work for a paper and you'd want right. to go or or be a published author and i feel like we're in this weird area now where writers, you you guys are like Jamaicans in New York where it's like you have <laughs> eight different jobs. That is so dead on. <laughs> I mean, I have so I have a ton of jobs. So it's like it, I don't understand how to like you. It, it would drive me crazy because you're a freelancer, but you're like a super freelancer. Yeah, I, you just do so. It's true. Like you romanticize the idea of being a writer, but most of the time you're not really like I don't want to say I don't write what I want but that's not you're not gonna write everything you want to write to make money I mean that's just not realistic I sure mean, you write a ton of like sponsored content partner content for people who advertise on these sites and then you write like I mean luckily the, the, the goal is to get to a place that like you pick and choose what you want to do who mm -hmm. you want to contribute for but you're right like it's nothing like it used to be where you would go to like a journalism school and then you like polish it off with like a creative writing program and try and get a job at a paper because paper readership is obviously depleting yeah and you need to have a People just want to know that you can – people just want you to be able to write a story that clicks to death on social media. That's, like, what it's about. Clickbait. They want clickbait. I mean, they do. That's why those lists – I mean, BuzzFeed was really, like, the pioneer there. It's the like, listicles? They want the list. Those have you seen – those don't die. I mean, they don't. I know. I mean, I know about it because for our company, Tokabaka Consulting, uh, Solving How. Yeah, that's our, <laughs> that's our new – Great plug. That's going to be our new branding <laughs> message. But uh, – I'd say our core, because my core is really, uh, I I got kind of a, it's, it's weird, like I can't, I don't have any degree to show anybody, but it's like, I know more about Facebook advertising than almost everybody that you could probably find, and I can do it quicker than anybody. I'm right there with you. Because I work for some <laughs> some really uh, scummy guys at one point. <laughs> I can't, so I can't even bring it up on air legally, like it's one of those kind of things, but I they knew all the ins and outs, because they're on the not so cool side of all this stuff right. uh like getting accounts de deactivated and all that shit and uh using multiple multiple credit cards to make ad accounts kind of stuff so i've been on that side where it's like what's the clickbaitiest kind of stuff right and I, it's weird man it's like <laughs> you, you i feel like all right i, I want to get back to to the listicle area but i'm saying like I feel like writing now, like being a journalist now, you, you almost uh, you almost go lowest common denomina denominator immediately, which yeah. is kind of, I think it's going to suffer, it's going to hurt kind of the, the written word. I, I mean, I agree with you. So you get out of college or you get out of your master's or whatever, and you go and it's like, your first job's going to be like, all right, I need top 10 whatevers for this, or we need to write content. I don't even care what it's about. It just needs to be slutty. The image 
is 90% of it. Or now everything's also moving into video. I write a lot of scripts now for people. Yeah. Like a lot of video Final scripts. draft? What, what? <laughs> yeah, I do a lot Give of Give me short... your password, please. No. <laughs> 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 I do a lot of video scripts for people because you've seen how those are taken off now. Like people just don't want to read as many long form pieces as they used to. If they are long, they want it to be a list. Like you even helped me write that one bucket list story. I oh did. yeah. 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 yeah you chimed. That that's was, that's me that, being really high at night and like, Oh cool. Well, it worked because that thing clicked off the charts because it was a, you know, a huge bucket list of things you have to do in the U S and you position it that way. Like it was for thrillists and they were just like places you have to go before you die. And you're like, Holy shit. I need to know. See, I, <laughs> I, I even, I like the listicle, but I see the math behind it too. Yeah. So oh, it's like, it's totally okay, we're going to, we're going to pull in from all parts of the country. Cause everybody wants to see their thing represented. Right. And if it's not on there, they're going to have, they're going to be an asshole in the comments or oh something. My God. But, and you love that when that happens in a sense, like those, like, the last couple pieces I've written have been personal essays, and you saw the one like I I did two that happened to be like kind of weirdly timed. I did why I left Miami, which was I left Miami four or five years ago and lived in New York, and then I did one why I left New York. Yeah, it, like a three, it just happened to be a few months after. I read that one, and then people just like went nuts on me in the comments, being like, "This girl just she just left Miami. She's never happy." And like, but in a weird way, you kind of want that to happen because when people start like going nuts in your comments, all it does is drive traffic. Right. Like that's all it does. Like I had like a hundred people slamming me. I'm like, go, go, keep going, just bring it because you want that to happen. And it almost feels like the producers, <laughs> the the, the yeah. play. It's like, well, look, the it doesn't matter what it is as long as it creates fervor. I know it's kind of a we it's weird. It's like you want that, and you're just like, part of me is like, I can't be sensitive about this, but I'm happy the traffic's doing well. Well, yeah, I think it. I think you always want to find that mix. Like, you definitely want people to have a conversation about what you're writing. For sure. And, and you want but, it to affect people. But you don't want it to be, like, them kind of projecting personal shit on you. Oh, my God. It's <laughs> unreal. Like, it was actually the one that I did, Why I Left Miami, got a much... The, the Why I Left New York one, people were like, oh, this is exactly how I feel. And a lot of people said that about Miami, too. But that one people took a lot more personally. Why? I think it's because... I, I read them both over again, and it's a totally different story. The why I left – because I was so ready to leave Miami and go to New York. It was not a hard decision, whereas the why I left New York story is a little bit more like romanticizing New York. Mm -hmm. So all New Yorkers are like, oh, yeah, I totally get it. Like, I always love the city. But people who lived in Miami are like, why are you shitting on our city? And I'm like, no, 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 definitely not shitting on your city. But they took it to the mean that, like, I was telling them they should leave. I'm like, no, 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 this is just why I left. But right. that's why like the comments went insane because everyone was just like, I'm not leaving. You well, should never come back here. <laughs> what was the title of it? Because that's 90% of the, the that's written a part of it. That's a great question. And listen to the title. And that's a huge. That, I'm this a great is interviewer. So, yeah. This is really, I was very smart because it says why I left Miami and regret nothing. And that last regret nothing yep. changed the entire focus of the piece. So that was like an extra burn for people, I think, who were reading it. Whereas the other one was why I finally decided I had to leave New York. Yeah. Now, even that slight change in headline. Sure. You can see makes a huge difference. Like, oh, she doesn't, you know, there was just a whole different yeah. angle there. Well, it, yeah, the Miami one sounds like as you're, if, if I'm visualizing, it's like as you're driving <laughs> up 95, you're flicking off <laughs> everything in the rear I reread it again. I'm like, oh, maybe I do see why people took it that way. Like I, I once said, you got out of the <laughs> shitty traffic, it's like, bye. <laughs> You're flicking off everybody like deuces. Uh, I know. And then with New York, I feel like my my thing is like a lot of our age group kind of moved to, moves to New York and then it's like, fuck, dude, I can't. This is too much after a while. It's not it, like you can't even live in Manhattan anymore. Yeah. It's, it's priced out. 
it's yeah that was definitely it was such a different decision because and that's why i think why people in that story were like more praising me because it's a different decision to come home to like tampa's home i've always it's always been in the back of my mind to possibly come back here yay um but yeah i know uh, look i love tampa and um, i'm happy to be back i mean it's like nothing you know i just go right it's crazy like how much you just like go back into it i'm like oh so about about half our listeners are outside of florida and so i always try to explain like it it can be a good thing to kind of like people what people's perception of tampa is is like i was i I was i was telling you i was headlining a show last night in like a redneck part of florida (laughs) and like i was talking about like yeah florida's fucked up like we got every shithead from every other state so really like my stance on that is like if you talk to some if you're at an airport bar and you meet someone that's like born and raised somewhere in florida you should buy their drink because they're (laughs) They're fucking <laughs> dealing with your grandma, grandpa, so true. your shitty uncle that has an opiate addiction, right. like, like child sport, child sport. I'm moving to Naples. Like, <laughs> like fucking like that's what we're dealing with. So I don't know why we get the brunt of it. Cause my, my friends and I lived in LA for five or six yeah, years. I remember so, when you were out there. And it was like, yeah, what I'm still close with all my friends. I, I was lucky in the sense that I, I had a good group of guy friends out there and I still keep in touch with them a lot. But, like, they'll send me a link to a weird Florida story. Like, guess who fucked a dog in Hillsborough County? And you're like, I get which that story, bro? I which know, story? I mean. <laughs> there's, a, there's four today. So <laughs> tell me which breed. Which one are we going which with? Which breed yeah. dog? <laughs> so, like, it, but t- I, now I just shit on my own point. But uh, Tampa really is, like, I, I think we're going to see more of a rise of a, like, people want to you're seeing a migration out of the suburbs to centralized kind of community. Right. But you're also seeing like quality of life where, where you're like, well, damn dude, I can't even, I couldn't live in Austin in the real Austin. I want to live in. Yeah. Denver's already getting to Austin. It, and I, I, I was, love it there. I was, uh, interviewing for a job in the, in Austin for Facebook, at the Facebook, small, medium business sector. Oh, nice. And I was starting to date my now wife, but I, I was like, I know this Asian's for real. <laughs> so um, she has a sideways vagina, so it's great. Well, then you did the right thing. That's literally the first thing she said to me <laughs> when we first talked. Um, and we had a sloppy makeout session not too far from uh, where we're doing this podcast. Uh, anyway, but <laughs> I'm saying like Denver, it, it, it uh, I think, has second highest increased real estate rates compared to San Francisco. Right. And it's like you don't need to be – like it's good – you can always fly out and go kind of experience a lot of stuff, but you don't need to always be surrounded by it. I know. That's kind of how I started to feel. And like, you know, and being, a, I mean, going to New York and being a writer, I think was just something I had to, I wanted to do. Cause it, it is true that like, if you're, it, it pushes your career about as far as you can possibly get. What made you want to do it? I didn't know you see, we knew each other growing up in uh, grade school, but right. I mean, it's one of those things I was never like pulled you aside at like, seventh <laughs> grade. Like, Hey, what do you, you want to do it? with your life? I, I probably don't know. You're, you probably did. I probably did. I was a weird kid, but like, <laughs> you probably got really serious and asked me something like that. And I, I was like, wow. Yeah. I, yeah. I've always been like an old man. Um, yeah. but like my thing is like, what made you, you've always wanted to write or you I've, just were I've proficient wanted, in it and you were like, Hey, I, th- I think this is a career or you, do you love it? I do love it. I've always wanted to do it. I, you know, I dabbled off in other things first, like PR and advertising and, gen- and then just made the jump to like, I started like, just like anything else I was like I just kind of like waited in I was like freelancing a couple pieces as I had other full-time jobs and just realized how much I like doing it and eventually just jumped into doing it all the time 
in Miami, and this is what I wrote in the piece that some people liked and some people hated, was a great place to start doing that because you can sort of just like, I mean, I was starting to write for the Miami Herald, like right away, really? with, with no real experience. Like I could not just go and start writing for the New York Times, you know? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was like something to be said about starting in a smaller media market like that. And then like, if you bust your ass there, and I, I said this in I, a quote, you're a unicorn. Like I just like was hustling and like doing as many writing gigs as I could. And Cocaine. then when I yeah. got- That's yeah, all oh, everybody's oh, hearing. Clearly, I mean, I had to fuel it. Cocaine um, and coladas, yeah. <laughs> so. mm -hmm. It's Miami. Yeah. Um, and then I got the, when I got the Thrillist job, that was when I was the Miami editor, and that is what I moved to New York with because they're based out of New York. Okay. And from there, I just that's I just made the decision like I wanted to advance. Kind I kind of hit a wall like I couldn't go any further, and I was like, if I really want to see how much I can do as a writer and like really try and do it, I have to see. So that's why I went to New York. Yeah, man. It so I talk with um, our friend growing up, Brian Thomas. Who's yeah, he's in New York. He's a great photographer. It, and he will, and he uh, he can be a great journalist yeah, too. He's um, awesome. He's super smart guy. Went to Ivy League school. Went to I think that's why I brought up Saint Ohio. Mary's. He went to our <laughs> elementary school. Um, I don't I don't give him any plugs on this show. No, uh, I just did. <laughs> it, I'll edit it out. Uh, <laughs> no, I won't because I'm lazy. Um, but my thing with that is like I talked to him a lot about this because I we were talking about this right before we started like comedy. I see comedy is like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of fucking comics and there's not a lot of space. Yeah. Oh my God. There's so many. And I feel like writing's got to have 40 times that amount. Right. Because anybody that writes a blog thinks they're like a legit writer. Yeah. So like I have people like, you know, I have people in the open mic scene that are like, Hey, do you know my friend? He's a comedian, blah, blah, blah. Right. And I'm like, Oh, I don't think he's ever done a paid gig ever. Right. And that, that's where I can kind of, that's like your Mendoza line. That's your, your hitting 200 kind of deal. Um, with writing, I just, I, I, and I talked to Brian about this where I go, you know, what do you do? Because he's kind of at the top of like, he's one of the best photographers like so out good. there at yeah. photojournalists. Right. And he's shit, his shit's on the front. Page. Like last time I stayed with him, he had to leave at 4 a.m. <laughs> To go shoot something at Governor's Island, I think. And yeah. Is it Governor's That's Island? Right. Yeah, all right. I was thinking of the Music Fest. And I was like, is that? That's where it is. I'm not going to act like I know New York very well. <laughs> um, but he had to leave, take a picture of something, and then sure enough, is on the front page. Yeah. Uh, so he's big time. And he, but he, we've talked about it. He's like, I'm kind of, there's not a whole lot you can go from here. Like, He's on the cover of both Wall Street Journal and New York Times, which yeah. you're, he's not even like, it's like, oh, I'm only a liberal kind of thing or I'm only on the conservative paper. Like, right. you, you're the best. He's at one of the best in the nation at what he does. And he's still like, I don't, there's not more opportunity. To me, that's like, all right, we got to figure out something new that's right. avant-garde in that, that kind of way. But at the same time, I, I, I sense that frustration I see that with stand-up comedy where we're having kind of a boom right now, but I feel like we're going to have a saturation point again like the 80s where there's too much going on, too much low quality. Everybody has a special now, uh, and they're not that great. I feel like I feel like people rush them, and that's not good. And yeah. then it, the other shoe's going to drop, and that'll have a trickle-down effect to jabronis like me. And so, like, <laughs> and so, like, I feel the same way with writing – because it is so fragmented, like... And there's a ton of talent. I mean, it's, like, unreal how much talent yeah. in New York. I mean, it's just... Everyone's amazing. It's very hard to stand out. That's true. Well, so, like, what... 
I guess my thing is like, all right, let's do it this way. If you're talking to someone that's in high school and they want to be a writer, what would you tell them? Like if they, well, I'd be like, well, are you sure? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Are you sure about that? Um, It's a thankless job. No, I would tell them like, I I think the best way to do it is just start, you want to end, I mean, these people, all these publications, especially in New York, have massive intern programs. Like try and get in one of those as early as you can, especially they want like these young people and like see what it's like really. Like, because like I said, there's the whole romanticizing of being a writer. Being a writer is nothing like what I think people think it is. <laughs> like, so t- tell us, because that, that's what this is about. The, uh, pragmatic advice, like what what is just, it really like? I mean, it dep- it's so different yeah. for everybody. I mean, I don't just write. But like, mostly like I can. All right. I'll, I'll give you an example uh, so you can think about it for a minute. OK. Like I tell like people are like, oh, man, comedy must be sweet. And I'm like. Or, or running this consulting business. It must be awesome. And I'm like, no. Yeah. And I it's mean, like 90, 95% of it is not fun. But that's, I feel like that's kind of the case for a everything. lot of jobs. Everything. Exactly. Everything so you I, want to succeed in. Right. Yeah, it's, like, it shouldn't do I, come. Do I, do I not love what I do? No, of course I do. At the end of the day, like, I'm lucky to do what I like to do. But yeah, 90% of it, I'm just like, want to shoot myself. Like, it's <laughs> like a lot of like shit I don't want to do. A lot of lists. A lot of, what? you know, a lot of partner content i do social media for a lot of people which i like to do all that but this is to really make it quote as a writer well, there's gonna you're gonna have to take on a lot of projects you might nece- not necessarily be like well this is my dream project but you have to pay the bills and so you got to do a lot of stuff like that the but the goal or like what it was for me is to get to a place at least the kind of even that sort of content was at least in like the umbrella of the type of content i like to do yeah which is sure that worked out um, but yeah, it's just being like, you're, you're, I'm not just like at home, like penning my novel. Like I'm not <laughs> like, you know, I wish I was, but like it, you almost like, like anything else. And I, you know, you do comedy, so I, you probably know what I mean. It's like to when you, when you, when your field is like also your passion, it's hard. Like I don't write as much of my, like, that's why those personal essays, when they come up, I'm like, Oh God, I love to do that because I don't always write my own thoughts and feelings anymore i'm like just writing other people's stuff yeah so and that's where i was gonna go you have autonomy you know like so like that's the thing with stand-up um it you know it it's self-destructive in a way because you'll you will definitely walk over uh you'll definitely try to what does it save you walk over dollars to save a nickel or whatever yeah just so you you can say whatever you want. Like I know I could probably get more work if I was clean, but I'm just that's I'm not a clean comic, and right. I don't want to be. Right. And I, I want to talk about adult things. And right. Like talk like adults do, um, and that's just not my thing. And I know I I know I've squandered opportunities in that way. Yeah. But no one's assigning me that. You know, and so I feel like that's the big difference is where it's definitely a difference. But now I've gotten like, and I, this is what I would tell the high school kid. I would take, I took everything. Oh my God. I took every project someone gave me. I yesed myself to death. And mm-hmm. I would, I would definitely tell someone to do that because that's the only way you sort of really, first of all, people want that. Like if you just like take every job and you were really going after it, you're like, okay, we can rely on Liz. We can rely on this person. But then you also sort of find out what you just like to do and what you don't. There's really no other way to kind of figure it out more than that. Like I was like, well, I can never write like x y and z again i just can't do one more thing like that it's what, just like what 
I mean, I, 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 like, I got a little burned out on doing. I used to do so much food stuff, um, which I don't hate. I literally, but like, if I was, I was like, if I write like one more like cocktail roundup, I just can't. Like, we just lost all our Asian listeners. I they mean, just I dropped st- out. Thing is, I still do them, but like, there was a point when I, before Thrillist, I used to NBC launched this site called The Feast, and they launched it in Miami, mm. and I launched it with two other writers, and we just, I mean, we did every thing you could ever imagine with that kind of stuff. So, but. I don't I still do it now it's just like those types of lists and after a while I'm like I just can't so you just pick and choose the things you want but say yes to everything in the beginning if you really want to try and be a writer I agree I mean like I um, we've been talking about it with our our consulting business and I'm like I know we need to figure out our niche markets and stuff but I never want to I don't want to externally say hey we can't handle that right you know like I we may if it's like a if it's medical we might I might give it to a preferred partner we have just because that gets a little bit muddled with insurance and stuff, but uh, in the way a lot of medical stuff works is a little bit to na- it's hard to navigate. Right. Uh, but I never say like I never say no. I'll just say yeah, and then turn yeah. around and go. Oh, I how still do I figure really, th- how do I figure this I out? I still really I still have a problem with that, and like I since I've been here, I mean it's a good problem to have when you get a ton of work. But I'm like I need to hire somebody. I need someone to like help me do like some of this other stuff like. Because writing, again, you don't just write. You're sourcing photos. You're fine. I mean, it's like. Research. Across the board, just someone to help me with that kind of stuff. Um, Discovery element. Yeah. yeah. There's mm-hmm. just so much more than writing the words. Like, draft. And then you have to put it all on social media. Because I said, that's what it's about now. Drafting the tweets and the Facebook posts. You're going to have to go along with that content. Like, I do all of that. So, it's like. Can we bitch about social media stuff yeah, for a please, minute? Yes. All right. So, here's the deal. Here's why social. And I might just. I might take this audio out and, and send it to clients. <laughs> that don't understand this because I have the same conversation over and over and sometimes I'll just take pieces of the podcast out and be like, we usually video it, but I just didn't today just because I don't like our setup and blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah. There's a camera over there that oh we my usually... Is it on? It's not on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was sensitive to... Because I, I didn't tell you about that either, so I was like... I think Will Wellman did. He's like, <laughs> he might record it. I'm like, oh my God, really? <laughs> Shout out to the Eco... Uh, what's his... Uh, what's his... What's his website? Uh, oh my god, I don't remember. No, oh, I feel terrible. Cut that out. Oh my god, I hope he doesn't hear this. All right, so um, no, no, none of my friends listen to <laughs> my podcast. Uh, they they hear me bitch about all this stuff anyway. So my thing about social media management is is it's actually it it two two people that don't do it. It sounds very silly. Oh, hundred percent. People are like, that's not a job. But people don't realize it is a huge job. It's fucking a. It's fucking hard because you basically are like the West Wing. You it's really hard, and it's in, like I, I do the same thing. Do it's very important. Right. It's like massively important. And you have to have, like I can't I can't just find someone on Upwork to take over a client's like hey here uh, can you do posts right it's like like do you remember how like when like, blogging you just brought blogging up earlier like I feel like blogging has gone a little bit like that I feel like that was such an early two thousands like everyone had a blog is like the new thing and the key to being a good blogger back then was being consistent yeah and now it's social you have to be consistent on social media like, same with podcasts yeah you can't just start one and go uh, we'll take f- uh, like a, a month off or just like you can't be like people people want to know what to expect from yep. you like they want to see something regular so like you know i run twitter and facebook for a couple of startups and like it's just I, that's why i tell them like it's so important to be regular on there like you don't want me just posting like 
once a, every couple of weeks. Like it needs to be every day. Like people see what we're doing. Oh, I'll, I'll run you through the whole, the whole strategy if you want. Like, yeah. cause I, so we have an intern here and he, he also works for the radio station as well uh, as an intern. And he wanted to do the social media management. I'm like, all right, I'm going to give you 10 minutes. I'm going to tell you how, how this should go. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of uh, cut this down because we don't have the dry board to do it with. But I go, you basically start out, you go, what are our content themes? You know, if, okay, so you're a bar, right? right. We're going to show behind the scenes. That's going to be one content theme. We're going to show uh, drinks being made. That'll be another one. Right. We're going to show, um, we're going to show the events we have. We're going to, you, you pick out like six to 10 different content kind of streams, I'd say. Right. All right. Then you go, what platforms do these go on? All right. Then you pick out, okay, Twitter, you have to tweet seven to 10 times a day or else you're kind of irrelevant. Um, yeah. Uh, Facebook, you, you probably want to be in the one to three a day zone because you don't want to. No more than three. I usually stick to like one, maybe two. Depends. Yeah, it depends. Everyone's different, but no one will see your posts if you like stack them up too much. Right. And then you have to explain, hey, you know, Facebook does make money off of advertising. So and eventually they will push you down. Right, if you they, don't do that. Oh, no, they'll, they'll kick you up yeah. right when you start oh, and no, then push you down. I know. It's crazy. And it's smart. And I tell people, Very smart. I, I, I even, I know, I know that's like a fact. And so I tell all my clients, I go, look, it, we're going to see a huge increase and we're not, we're, it's going to be organic. Right. Uh, and then it's going to, and then we're going to have to go, Hey, spend a little cash here and there. But what I tell people is it's scalable. So don't get scary. It totally is. And a little cash gets you a long way on there. Oh, you boost the post for like 10 bucks and it's like, goes to a shit ton of people and boosting posts ain't even that that's like that's that's, that's elementary shit i know exactly but you gotta get in that power editor what up but even with just that you can make a difference you know so you got facebook you have instagram we're gonna do a different strategy over here that might be more behind the scenes because that plays better over there it's very visual mm -hmm. uh you know if you're writing good content then we're gonna put it on medium first and then put it everywhere else that kind of stuff so all right now we have the platforms and then you go over to like now we're scheduling the times to do it. Right. Or no, no, excuse me. Then you got to make the creatives. You have to actually make the content of, of the images and things like that. Yeah, you got to write it. You got to write the copy. You got to double check it. How far in advance do you do something like that? If I'm good, if I'm good, I do. Uh, I do every Monday and Thursday. I block out time. Because like for a week supposed or like a week of week. Yeah, I'll try to get four or five days ahead. Right. Because you can't get too far ahead. That was what I was going to bring up. And I, this is a big like school of thought difference between me and other people who do social media. I mm. never like to plan too far ahead because to me, social media should be somewhat spontaneous. That's like what makes it interesting. Yeah. You know, and, but and, and we haven't even gotten to the uh, comment quality control stuff. <laughs> Where yeah. you have to be on top of that. Oh God. Yeah. And it's tough. It's tough for coverage. Like it's tough to find people that can handle it. Cause what I explained to everybody is like, this is your PR. Yeah. hundred percent is. I'm like, you and your website, your Facebook page is kind of like another website for your, your company. I mean, it is, this is you, this is yeah. like, w this is your live feed. Basically yeah. this is, uh, you expressing yourself, uh, while you're doing something else. Right. So you need to treat it as if and it's like a customer service line. Cause people will tweet to me. Look how fast. If you like tweet JetBlue, they're on it. You know, if you tweet like companies, publicly they're much like likely to respond oh uh, so you yeah have to be on that too oh that's how i got on twitter because yeah. a, a friend of mine said i i yelled at at&t but i went on fiverr got a bunch of fake followers 
Yeah. So it looked like I was somebody. Yeah. And then they got right back to I'm me. Sure. And I got a rebate and I was like, fuck yeah, yeah I'm doing that's that. That's the secret. Um yeah, well people comedians have a weird thing about buying followers. I'm like, there's no fucking you're not going to the grave like that guy had ten thousand followers. No, people like, do it all the time. And a, a third of the people on Twitter are fake anyway, so Yeah. I think there's like a third or a fourth. There's like a ton insane. of programs you can use for that. I mean, it's like Bots unbelievable. And, well, yeah. Instagram's getting flooded with that too. Yeah, they are. Where it's like, where, all right, so if anybody's listening that's on Instagram and they see people just like getting the okay emoji or like that's cool. Yes, like, oh my gosh, it's crazy. Or if you have someone just come go like all your photos out of nowhere. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. I have like flooring companies <laughs> and like, know, me too. like pool companies and shit. And I'm like, you guys. Like, who are you? <laughs> you're the, the creepiest company of all time. Because <laughs> it'll be like, they'll go back like four months. No, they, like, <laughs> they, I literally get my phone and there's like 15 notifications from posts I made so long ago. I'm like, that's so terrifying. I'm like, we, we know what you're doing. Like, okay. Get out of here. Get off my page. But I wonder if we're more analytical than most and most people are like, oh, cool. Yeah, uh-huh. no, I think we are. I think you're right. I think for the majority of people are like, oh, nice. I was hoping I hit. I hate when I don't have 11 likes because it doesn't click and she'll show us the number. <laughs> Jesus. So, but like, you, I also talk about pulling content. How are we going to pull the content from what y'all are doing? Right. So now I, we've got to enable your employees or the, you know, some of the uh, admin people in your office to like, we're going to have to create a funnel to get this content. So it's like, th- it's a bitch. Like it's tough, and to do it at a rate that's not so goddamn expensive. Right. Yeah. That you you don't because they see social media management and they're like. Uh, what is that like i can i can post a couple things a day and you're like no no it's just so much more and like looking at the analytics like everything you have to know what you're looking at and i was was telling a client i was like did you know using emojis is gonna improve your roi totally is on your on your posts Mm -hmm. because we're all adult babies (laughs) (laughs) some people like don't even write the words anymore it's just a bunch of emojis well and there's also call to action yeah so don't over don't overuse a call to action. Yeah. Like some, some posts are going to be just more like what's going on. And then the other, use them sparingly. Like use them when you want it. Right. Want and not every way. post should be about you. You have to want to aggregate other stuff. Like there's a whole strategy involved. People, I agree with you. It's the biggest misconception that people think that like, Oh, I'll just go in there and post. I don't know. You need someone who knows what they're doing on social media. Is that important? Well, and you also have to trust that someone, the person handling it or the company handling it isn't going to have someone that gets wasted and write some shit. Don't drunk they, and don't drunk tweet. That drink they, and tweet. Right. That they, they think they forget. They Look what happened to that guy. The Warriors guy. He got fired. Someone who tweeted something ma- bad about Steph Curry and his daughter. Fired. I didn't see it. What? He was like some random real estate dude. Like no one even associated with the NBA tweeted something like just really kind of shitty about Riley Curry, which is, you know, Steph Curry's daughter and Steph. Sure. And the company just went out there and was like. We're so sorry about this. That guy's fired. I mean, just fired him. I mean, like, I, w- I don't know. I'm sure. Just, yeah, so you just have to be careful. The point is you don't even have to be attached. Like, wasn't this like this guy It was even attached to the NBA and he was still let go because of what he tweeted and people saw. Yeah, part of me hates that and loves that at the I'm same with time. You. I it's mean, like, I'm like, well, that was a little harsh, but like, you know, but still, I'm just saying you have to be careful. I mean, there's been so many things that have happened on Twitter that people have gotten in trouble over. So like I talk to clients, I'm like, look, uh, usually I try to share some of the duties with them in the beginning so they understand what's going on. Like, right. You mean with your social media person? With m- or my clients. All oh, right, right. I go, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to coach you up a little bit. Uh, when you're sending me content, you know, if you're doing video or photos, landscape. Yeah. Put the phone horizontal. <laughs> 
Oh my god, vertical <laughs> photos on Facebook are the worst. Or you heard it here first. World star hip hop. I mean that's. <laughs> I mean that's that's what it is. Yeah. It's like it's always the the black on the sides, and, and you're like, um, you're like, dude, we could have you could have gotten this way better. Use a little lighting, like yeah. uh, just a little bit of that. Get a stuff. filter on there. But I'm saying like. I'll I'll try to do more weekly meetings in the beginning and try to like coach up and all that stuff. But that's smart that you do that. I guess I well, don't know. It is an efficient use of time. If they're on retainer, it's fine because it's part of it. But right. at the same time, it's like uh, you don't want to come over too pushy. But you, I try to get over to people a lot of the time. A lot of the big hurdles I have are like why that's important, why your website's super important, why your branding. Uh, visually and that you can see it on the drive board. There's visual and the messaging. They're two different things, but they're part of the same thing and they need to be cohesive. And if you don't have that, you have to write in the voice too. Yeah. Of, oh, yeah. of the thing you're writing for mm-hmm. your ghost writing. Right. So being I, a writer a lot now is like a social media job. I mean, like, look at me, I do that. Yeah. Like, that's a big part of being a writer. Like, do you, do you th- I, I think of characters while I do it. So like, <laughs> Usually, like, like my go-to character is like a, a upbeat, like nineteen-year-old chick. Okay. <laughs> writing so, because it, if it's she me, sounds like a Snapchat user. Sure. Yeah, uh, yeah but <laughs> actually, uh, but isn't like uh, doing video of herself driving. Uh, yeah, no, good. That's true. <laughs> um, but like, I'm saying, like, I try to make it upbeat because if I write something, I'll write like just dark jokes or something, and it'll be like. Uh, <laughs> I can't you can't write in the the way I want to sarcasm only goes so far right on right. social media for sure I'd have that problem yeah and so I have to like I try to delve into a character almost like I'm playing improv or something and just go okay how would how would it, a really uh a really uh optimistic 19 year old chick from USC write this and just kind of go with that you have a new character for each client try to that's a great well, it needs strategy. a voice yeah because yeah. your brand has a voice absolutely so, but I don't want to get all right. We I've bitched enough about this area. <laughs> I, I want to, but I want to hear what being a writer now. Like what, what do you see like going forward? Like what do you think? It, how I mean, I see a lot of it going more into even social media. I think that we're writing so much for that market now. You know of what people want to see, want to share. I mean, like honestly, I think about it when I even first started um, at Thrillist, and we would just like all we cared about was like those open rates on the emails. Like, what are the Ah. What are the what are the th- oh, we didn't even get to that. Yeah, yeah, we're like what are what subject we would like spend hours like just like going into it. Like what are they clicking on the most? And it's really just transferring into what are they sharing the most on social media. For for, uh, for those listening, uh if if you've got a MailChimp account or something, good open rates about 20%. Yeah. Good click rates about uh, 3 to 5 if you can get that percent. So That is good. You got 1000 people, 200 will open. Uh I don't I can't remember if it's 5% of that or Twenty uh, percent's a solid open. That's a really good open. Yeah, yeah. And you got to worry about subject lines. Yeah. So that's a writing also, job. Also, emojis and subject lines yes. are huge. Improve they your really open do. rate. They, I've I've done this. I work on one account that does that, and it's really helped. So emojis across the board. But yeah, so it's it's it, that's still obviously very important for for email and newsletters. But now we've transferred in and be like, what are people sharing? What are they putting on Facebook? That is really just such a huge deal now. So writing where I think it's going, I mean, we're writing for that, the millennial So ca- catching trends. Catching trends, being on top of the trends, knowing what people are just going to be like wanting to blow up to their own network, you know, like what they're going to want to put out there to their own people. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, that's where it's like really where it's going. I mean, I think we're just more and more right. I mean, lists, obviously, I know I think aren't, aren't going anywhere, but it's more, it doesn't even have to be that. Just a trend story that really, really relates with people. How do you write that and who's sharing it and really digging into why they're sharing it and making content around that? So how do you how do you procure that? I mean, fat Jewish aside, how do you procure? He used to work at Thrillist, by the way. Fuck that guy. I know. He, he I had no idea he was going to turn into this person. He worked for like a little site we started, and all of a sudden he's a sociopath. He was just Josh when I knew him, and all of a sudden I'm like, what? He's an asshole. Um, I'm with you. Well, I mean, it's th- he know he knows better than to steal people's jokes and make them his own. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, look at Fuck Jerry, too. I mean, like those same. types of people. Yeah, I, like people tag me in these shit things. <laughs> like, check it out. I'm like, f- don't. Don't, 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 <laughs> please. Like what is the other one? Like uh, beige something. Beige sweater. Yeah. I'm like, uh, I think that's she, his wife. That's fuck Jerry's wife. Uh, yeah. But I think she at least or like cashmere sweater, something like that. S- yeah. Something, something mundane, but it's like, <laughs> but it's like, dude, the, I, how do you really feel? <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I mean, you, uh, comedy self-policing. I don't know how writing is, but it, you, be, oh, yeah, you be, it pe- is. yeah. So you have to call it out. Absolutely. No, I completely agree with you. I'm not going to Joe Rogan Mencia this, but I'm saying like, I, 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 no, I your ideas d- are, so, you are very, it's sacred over those ideas. So yes, I would, I would be pissed if someone took my like lines out of my personal essay. I don't know if they ever would, but I'd be like, Hey, yeah. Well at the same time, it's I like an awesome horse comparison. Uh, don't fucking jack that for me. At the same time though, <laughs> you're putting it out there. So you can't, you can't be so pissed. No, you know? I know. That's true. That's true. There's like a, a, there's, a line. There's, there's a weird line with that for sure. You should get credit, but it, it, you shouldn't, uh, I or if someone credits, they just link back to you. It's pretty easy to give people credit. And that's why I think right. that Jewish wasn't, do- I mean, like, it's pretty easy if you're just taking their meat, like, put their Instagram name on there, and now he's doing it, but, like, it's not hard to credit people. Yeah, he's doing it after, like... <laughs> no, he's doing it after all that, but, like, same with, like, if you link, we hyperlinked, I hyperlinked to pieces, I think, are, relate to mine all the time. Right, It's a right. very easy thing to do. I mean, like, give the people credit, quote them if you want, but just... I mean, we won't, we won't do it for this episode blog post, but, yeah, I, we should. <laughs> <laughs> but... Google me. Um, so... I guess like what, what, yeah, where do you see it going? I, I guess more in that social media direction, but I feel like that's a fucked out term. Is there anything kind of, because social media is like. No, I mean, I shouldn't say just social media direction. I just think. What about e-publishing books? Oh, that's awesome. I mean, people are like, you barely even need a publisher anymore. People self-publish their own books all the time now. So that's a whole other area of like, you know. You, you used to have to go through now and now that's just the big guys I think that are I mean they're still there and so important but like will it go the way of like VHS's I don't know like where like people are just gonna self-publish their own books a lot of people do that now well it's gonna be what uh, I've, I've thrown out on another episode uh, the term everybody uses it like the Uber of this or the Airbnb of this the Uber of this that is so hugely it's, used it's disintermediation yeah. that's a big word for me so uh, that's a big word that's a big word and so it it basically you're breaking down these these those companies don't need to exist in a lot of ways if anything they kind of hurt the art the way I, i've heard it from my friends that have written a book because mm-hmm. you'll get notes and your lawyer said you can't do this and right. you, but the lawyer that read it doesn't really get the context they just go we could get sued right and it's like well no you can't get sued if it's truthful and it's a lot of back and forth with that kind of shit and you don't really need that. Now you should have uh, you should have an attorney go through something if it if it is real life stories and right. all that stuff. But you don't need to go through Penguin or no, or, you really don't anymore. I mean, like and like I think that kind of goes back to what you were saying originally. It's just such a different time where like 
there was such a time where you had to go to journalism school and you had to do these certain steps to become a writer. And even with books now, like you had to get an agent. You had to do so many steps. I took a nonfiction book proposal writing class when I was like in my early 20s because I was like. Nonfiction. Yeah. Like because because to get a book picked up and this is still the case, like it's not even about your book. It's about your proposal. It's proving how that book is going to do well in the market. Do you have a platform? Do you have followers? These are all things you need to prove before you even have a book, right? They don't even want you to have your finished book for nonfiction. They want you to have a chapter, like a sample, and then this kick-ass proposal of how your book's going to sell. And what's the cover going to look like? Well, I don't know. No, I mean, like, that's, oh. I feel like that's part of it now. Oh, yeah. Like, the, offer, like, the offering, the but, deck, or whatever it right. is. Right, and, like, that even proves right there that, in a sense, it all relates. They want to know if it's going to share. They want to know if it's going to be popular, which is completely smart things to know. You have to know that. How is it going to beat other books in the market? You have to prove all that. So, but now, you just, you can go and sell, I know tons of people who have done that, and it's been very successful for them. Put it on Amazon yourself. Like, you just get in there. Yeah, I've, I've thought about it with, uh, with some of this stuff, because you could, you could put out like a short, uh, a short book, and you could just keep throwing out, yeah, like at a chapter at a time or something. Hundred like, percent, you can, and, and that could be passive income if it's decent. And people's attention spans are short, so like a quick little mm-hmm. thing like that is not a bad thing. It's a great thing, actually. Yeah, yeah. I'm shooting for the market of uh, read it on your phone while taking a dump, but it's you'll like it so much that your legs will fall asleep. That's, that's yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just a huge goal. <laughs> yeah. That your legs will fall asleep and yeah. you won't realize how long you've been sitting there. That is a good read. If you, if, if you don't have a squatty potty uh, and you put your elbows on your, your hand. Like before your, you know it, you're just right, leaning forward. Your legs will fall asleep. <laughs> You, um, I don't think this is a woman thing. I think this is. I mean, but yet I picture it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I mean, I know what you mean. All dudes are like, oh, shit, I got Wi-Fi and no one can bother me. And uh, this no. is kind of interesting. I'm going to read this whole thing from Vice. And then you're like, uh. But you need a short little thing to read. You <laughs> right, know, you don't want right. to be too long. I think that's, I think you nailed it. All right. So we try to keep this to about 45 to an hour. <sighs> okay. Um, what? All right. So I guess. What do you what do you want to do? What do you see the future? I know I've I've asked that a couple of times, but what do you? What do I want my future to be, or yeah, I see the future? Yeah, put it out there. All right. I mean, I want to write a book. So I think whatever most writers want to do, I would love to like doing some of these personal essays has brought me back to like wanting to write nonfiction um, and things like that. But it's just how do I find the time when I'm writing for my career? Because it's just like I I work all the time. Yeah. What yeah. what's a normal like work week? What what's it looking like? God, I mean I feel like it's just a lot of admin on your side. Like it's a lot of calls, a lot be, of email follow ups. Yeah, and there's a lot of like you know, strategy calls and then you like m- like depends on who and you kinda map out your concepts for the week and I talk to all my editors usually at the beginning of the week and then it's just like every I'm just banging out content the rest of the week from then on. And I mean it's a lot I I don't want to complain because it's like this is a good problem to have, but that's why I I'm like, when am I going to have time to write my own stuff? I feel like it's like a, being a, on the stock market back in the day. Like it's, it's I wish I, I you, you said 80s New York earlier, and I was like, man, I would have loved to live in 80s New York. Yeah. Just for like a little bit. Like, yeah. That would have been really fun. I bet it smelled worse. Probably. The smells man. get me, man, every time. Well, it smells pretty bad there now, so. I know. I kn- <laughs> like in the summer when the, there's no wind coming in, and you're like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> There's no wind because of all the buildings. I know. It it's, reeks. And then there's always a, a, a truck backing up. And it's very loud. When I first got here, it was almost jarring at how <laughs> quiet it was. Like, I was like, I, I'm, I'm doing, for one of my 
and you guys can follow me on Snapchat is for one of my editors. What is it? What's the? It's Liz and eight one three, and one of them asked me to kind of document my transition back to the suburbs from the city. Sure. And it's been really fun because it's like a totally different thing. But like walking, like I am just so used to hearing like a siren or like a garbage truck in my face, like just everything, and I'm like, it's so eerie quiet. Now I've got a Fitbit on. Do you have any of yeah, that stuff? No, but I these things are like people are telling me to get one. Nah, oh. no, don't get Fitbit. Okay. I just get like an Apple Watch. Okay. I think they have the same shit. All right. I had to get it. My wife's health insurance oh. it was like <laughs> if you if you do what a normal human should do in a day, your health insurance is better or something. Oh. I'm like, okay, that's awesome. I I I will do that anyway. But yeah. I look like a nerd, but I like I like having it People on. People love it, yeah. Well, I was looking. I like looking at it before I go on stage. Ah. Because. Uh, what does your heart rate accelerate when you're up there? Um, only slightly. Okay. No, beforehand. Oh, well, that makes when sense. When I'm on Anxious. stage, it's no, not really. It, I think it's just like I'm always cramming for a test because yeah, I have material. I don't have it memorized. I don't have a. I never have a set list that's the same, and so and I I do a lot of crowd work so. I'm trying to like kind of assess everything like Jason Bourne in the back, like what's going on. Okay. This is a weird spot. They probably love Skinner. Okay. It's like 40, they probably love Skinner. 40 old people here. Uh, and then like, and then so like you're kind of assessing what's going on. Okay. The features doing really well. That was fun. Like he, they liked him, he, but he's, he did about 45 minutes of material and 30 minutes. He's, he's really working hard. There's not a lot of breaks. Okay. Maybe I can slow it down a little bit. Maybe that'll be better. So you're, I'm, I'm like kind of strategizing basically, right. but you're doing it at like a weird kind of rate. And yeah. so I think that's why it's a little bit geeked up and it'd be bad if it wasn't. That's interesting to fo- find, like follow that though and see. It's, uh, I'm, I like stats. So yeah. I think it's, I think it's cool to like look at it and go like, okay, once I got on now I dipped, like I'm normally at a pretty high, uh, beats per minute. And you calm on stage. That's interesting and good. Right? Yeah, no, but yeah. Well, if you're not comfortable, then it's going to be a problem. Like, uh, so like you can tell as a viewer, as someone who watches a lot of stand up. I love stand up. You can tell when someone's not comfortable. Sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like the first thing you can tell. Yeah. Well, there's always like uh, you. You know what? It's so weird. It's subconscious. You can feel it. Sometimes you can uh, read people's stuff too and kind of bleed through a little bit. One hundred percent. Um, but like this, I'm jacked up cause I'm, I'm having a good, I'm having a good time, <laughs> having a good conversation. I'm so glad. I'm, I like Gavin like gals, <laughs> but, uh, so it's at like 93. All okay. Right? It's probably well, it's per- normal. It's normal. But like, uh, so like beforehand, uh, I, I'm usually sometimes at like a little bit higher than that. Just oh. normally I, I run hot. I oh, can't. Sh- I've always had. I always have. I've always been sweaty. I run hot. I run hot, as uh, my friend Matt Fernandez says. Fat Fernandez on Twitter. You should follow him. Okay, um, done. He's one of the best. <laughs> I swear to God. I love new people to follow on Twitter. So he. It's so weird when one of your good friends is like, I'd put him against anybody on Twitter. Oh my God! I can't yeah. wait to follow mm-hmm, this person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, so like I'm looking at him like, oh shit! All right, I'm at 95 beforehand and then i i'll look at it if i can get like a little bit of like a flick on it while i'm looking it'll be at like 75 and i'm like how does this work i don't whoa i don't know and maybe and maybe that's just the zone maybe it'd be interesting if you're writing i, I, bet, no, I bet that's exactly what sessions, i'm thinking about i, I bet those strategy know. sessions are are fucking stressful and then when you're actually in the when zone, I'm actually writing, I want to know what that rate is. Yeah. So depending on the piece, I bet I get more worked up or less worked up. I want to know what that is. That is, I'm gonna, I might have to get one now. Yeah. Well, Apple Watch. 
This thing's done. This thing look. I look like a I fucking like nerd Fitbit, with two though. of them though. Um. All right. Where where can people find you? Uh. Any any exiting advice? If you want to be a writer, I mean, God, it's such cliche advice. You just have to kind of start doing it. There's really no other way to kind of figure out what you like to do. I mean, if you're in high school and college, get as many internships you can. You can also blog. It's you don't get paid, but you can. Anyone can contribute to certain sites. I mean, if you even want to like get on there and blog for the Huffington Post, you can. Mm-hmm. They don't pay you, but you can get up there and like it's just just start practicing and see what you like to write. I mean, I did so many gigs like I did, took everything. So take everything in the beginning. And that and that's really good advice. Uh, and I I really get pissed at a lot of people that are like, oh, I can't do it, man. I mean, there's nowhere to there's nowhere to do there's it. There's everywhere to do it. Fucking work for free until you get work paid. Work for free and like like I'm not gonna lie to you, being a writer. Like I said, a lot of other jobs I have to take to subsidize my life. It's not like the most high paying career unless you really make it. So get in there and get as many things as you can. You can totally turn it into something. I mean, you're not going to know unless you t- say yes to every job at first. Right. And But I get I get pissed. And like, I don't know how to do this, this, and this. I'm like, fucking YouTube, Khan Academy. And there's you know what's shit crazy? everywhere, And man. I didn't know how to every, – every single job I have taken, and, like, this is this is true. Every writing job, I was always like, oh, my God, I can't do this. But you can't – that sounds so ridiculous, but you can't. It, you were thrown into it, but that is the best way to find out. Like, I, I was – terrified before I took the thrillist job because they were exclusive only I didn't think I was experienced enough and then all of a sudden you just are you're just doing it and that's the best way you can do it Exp- uh, experience what is it uh, experience learning like yeah you, you just have to be thrown in as long as you work hard I swear that's the difference like as so many people will be like I want to do this and I want to try but like if you do it that's how you just like really get in there and work hard. You'll be fine. All right. We got what, what's all the handles. Uh, oh yeah. Well, Liz and eight one three L I Z N eight one three is my Twitter, Instagram and Snapchat. So it's very easy. Mm-hmm. Follow me. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Google me and read my articles and then like them on Facebook. There you go. <laughs> hustle, hustle beats everything. I think that's the lesson. It's all about that. All right. Peace. <laughs>